Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I hope you enjoyed that little selection called Blessed Assurance. We did that in uh, in honor of our listeners in Scotland and Ireland this morning. Hallelujah. We thank God for them. Um, 
Sister Stephanie found that music, and we decided to play that this morning. I know you, you, most of you are not used to that kind of music on Sunday morning, but I went on and played it in honor, like I said, of our listeners in Scotland and Ireland. If you have some music that you want played for your country, then please send it to us, and we will play that also. Well, if we have something that we can find, like from Australia, from Zambia, or um, wherever, then we will we, we we will find it and and play it. You know, usually we play American music, but um, today we wanted to honor Scotland and Ireland. Blessed Assurance was the name of the song. We thank you all for being here this morning. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You're listening to Reaching the Masses Media Ministry Morning Worship Services. And we thank you all for coming out this morning. I am your host, Evangelist Portia MacIver. And I thank you. All of my listeners for coming out this morning, for listening this morning. Today we are audio, and we're coming back. Don't worry, we're coming back with video, y'all. But today we are audio, and we will be audio tonight also. But I promise you that by next Sunday, if everything goes well, then we will start coming on video again. Um, our announcements this morning are as follows. Continue to pray for Sister Tia Cook, who has cancer, and Sister um, Natasha Breton, who also has cancer. Uh, we ask you to go to Natasha's Go front me page and help her out. Um, She's going through her sixth round of chemo. She's finished that. Now I think they said she's getting ready to go into surgery. Then after that, if she needs more, then she'll start on the seventh round of chemo. And then they will go from there. But we are praying and believe in God that after this, she won't need any more chemo, that the cancer will be gone. Yeah, chemo really messes your body up, you know. It really does. But, you know, she's still a beautiful child of God, and I thank God that, you know, God let her be my niece, you know, because we all, hallelujah, have family members. But I thank God, because I'm a praying woman, I thank God that she is my niece. Because I believe that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And hallelujah, because the Bible says that I am the righteous, then I was supposed to be putting her life or she put in my life to push these prayers through, to ask for prayers. Amen. And I hope you all are praying for her every night, just like I am. Also, um, like I said, Sister Tia Cook, also pray for her. And um, the other announcement, oh, yes, our sponsor is for this program is Wealth by Steph. Like I said, if you want to be a sponsor, your business to be a sponsor of this program, whether this one on Sundays, the one on Wednesdays or the one on Saturday mornings, then let us know by emailing us at reaching the masses media ministry and letting us know that you want to be a sponsor of one of our programs. Amen. One of all or all of them, let us know. We will sponsor you on all of them if you want us to. Amen. Hallelujah. And we don't charge for um, YouTube or um, 
Facebook or anything like that, but we do have to pay for Blog Talk Radio. So not only will you get your business advertised on Blog Talk Radio, which goes all over the world, but you'll get it advertised on our um, website, which is Reaching the Masses Ministry, and that goes all over the world, plus all over the United States. Then there is um, YouTube. You know that goes all over the world. And then there's also Facebook, um, my Facebook uh, fan page, which, good Lord, yeah, I didn't know so many people were watching. My scores there are high because so many people engage on that page. And guess what? Each time they engage, if your business is there, that's an advertisement for your business. And we just put that in free, so you don't have to pay for that, you know. But because we have so many listeners, then we will put you in for free. Amen. Hallelujah. Tonight, well, this evening, we're coming to you. I'm sorry, I'm making such a ruckus here. I had a water bottle in my hand. We are coming to you today as um, from last week, and Sister Stephanie taught on Joseph. And um, the title here is It All Works Together. Amen. And this one is Moses' side of the story. All right. She told you Joseph's side of the story, so I don't need to reiterate that. I think she did a very good job. But now we come in from Moses' side of the story. And eventually, we're going down to David, and we're going to tie all three of them together to let you know how they all work together for God's good. Amen. They all work together. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, you already know the story of Joseph. Like I said, I'm not going over that, but I might just hit and jump. So with Joseph, we know that he spent 13 years in prison. We know that he was captured and sold as a slave by his own brother. Mm, Sounds like some stuff that's being done nowadays, y'all. Hallelujah. But then the Bible says man would be lovers of himself and not lovers of God. Amen. So that's not surprising. But Joseph ended up in slavery. But there was a purpose for Joseph being in slavery. Hallelujah. He ended up being a head honcho, like my daughter said last week, and ended up saving his family from dying in a famine. He ended up saving all Egypt. Hallelujah. And all of Canaan. Because a famine came, a seven-year famine came. And because Joseph had to go through all he went through, he was the one, he didn't know it at the time, but he was the one that was the chosen one to save the nations from the famine. Sometimes we go through things, and we have no earthly idea why. We ask and we cry, Lord, why? Why did this have to happen to me? What did I do? That's the first thing we holler. What did I do? Some people would say, you ask yourself why, or you need to ask yourself why not. You know, those kind of people I want to slap. And I would tell them, I tell you what, you get in a situation that I'm in and see if you can ask yourself, why not me? I'm like, what is his name on 2 o'clock? I'm like Andrew Womack, uh, Womack. You want to drop kick those suckers? Forgive me for being so blunt. Oh, why not you? When you are crying out, 
and you're in a place that you don't understand why, and you're among people that you've never been before in your life. You didn't come from this kind of stuff. And you're asking the Lord, why, Lord? You said you love me. So why this? And then when they holler, well, why not that? Why not you? Yeah, you want drop kickers. Yeah, that's flesh, y'all. Yeah, it is. But that's what I want to do. I want to drop. I used to feel that way, but I would never I would never say it until I found Andrew Womack. And when he said that, I say, yeah, I got it. That's the way I feel. When someone comes up and so high and mighty, never been through nothing, never had a trial in their life, walking through life all happy, the most they had was a broken fingernail. And they're going to tell you, to, don't ask God why. Just ask yourself, why not me? Yeah, you want to drop kicker. Like, dude, do you know what I'm going through? Have you seen what's going on? This is the God that says he loves me. Have you seen what's going on in my life? I'm going to write a book one day, and I'm going to tell you all some stuff. But there are times when you got to literally forget the whitewash crap that's out there. Yeah, I said crap. And if YouTube, eBay, whoever want to beep it out, I am sorry. Let's put it, mess. They're whitewashed men. Never been through nothing. Never had a trial in their life. Walking around here in whatever sneakers in a wonderful house. Got a beautiful family. Got a designer car. Designer suit. And they're going to tell you, well, don't ask God why. And you tell yourself, why not me? You know what? Okay. Let me behave myself this morning. This is a Sunday morning, y'all. And I'm quite sure we got gentle ears out here. But there, I know some of y'all out there know exactly how I feel. I want to tell them to go somewhere and stand in front of a truck and shut up. But I dare not do that because we don't want anyone to have a loss of life. Amen. Hallelujah. But sometimes things get on you so bad and you have no earthly idea what you're going through or why you're going through it. You're looking back and you're trying to figure out why, what did I do to deserve this? Lord, why is this on me? And and then they're going to come up and tell you some foolishness. You show me what Jesus said. Don't ask yourself why. Ask yourself, why not me? Well, I tell you what, when your trouble come, brother or sister, brother perfect or sister perfect, then you ask yourself, why not me? Amen. Hallelujah. Be real. I don't want to hear your sugar down, sugar-coated message. I need somebody to be real. Amen. Hallelujah. I need somebody to know exactly what I'm going through. And most of the time, you will never find it. Hallelujah. But one day, like I said, I'll write a book. And it's going to be a humdinger, y'all. I'm telling you, it is going to be a humdinger. You are not going to believe some of the stuff. But I'm not writing it to be me. I'm writing it to help. Because I know I'm not the only one who has ever gone through anything like that. And I know Joseph wasn't. And I know Moses wasn't. Ooh, good God Almighty. Moses' side of the story. Hallelujah. We all know how it happened. Moses was born to a Hebrew uh, couple. And um, Pharaoh at the time had found out there was a greater one that was getting ready to be born, or one that's greater than him. And you know those kings back then, those days, when the prophets announced they king would get afraid. Uh-oh, somebody's after my throne. Can't have this. So they were sent out, and they would grab the babies. 
beyond what two years old and under, and they would kill the babies. They actually had the midwives to take the Hebrew babies, and as the women had the babies, they would grab the babies, kill them, male babies, not the female babies, but they would kill them, amen, to keep this special person who had been prophesied to come forth. They were going to keep him from being born. Mm-hmm. But God had a plan. Y'all know my faith, but God had a plan. Many babies were killed. But the one that God had chosen wasn't. Because his parents hid him for three days. God gave them instructions as to what to do. And they hid him for three days. Then Mama took the baby out. She wrapped him up in blankets and cloths, and she made a basket with pitch and straw to keep it from leaking, and she put it in the river now. Mm. I couldn't have did it, y'all. That would have been my baby. Maybe we'd have hid out in the woods somewhere. But to put my baby in the river now with all the alligators. But you know what? She knew a God that was going to keep that baby. She knew a God, hallelujah, that would cause that baby to be safe. And that's the way we've got to be. No matter what's going on in your life, you got to trust God. Hallelujah. And know that he is going to make everything all right. That's where our faith comes in at. I know, hey, I didn't want to hear it at first either. Like I said, I wanted to drop kick a couple of people. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I ain't going that far. But anyway, you see, I had to pull my back self back sometimes because I got a big mouth that, that often got me into trouble. But Long story short, Moses' mom took him, put him on the river Nile, and the next morning when Pharaoh's daughter, the same Pharaoh who was killing all the children two years and under because he didn't want that greater one to be born because he thought his time would be up. Mm. To me, that's not a man. That's a coward. You're going to kill a baby? Because you think he's going to take your throne? Do who you think you are. You know? Hallelujah. But that's what happened, you know? But God always has a plan. Always. Doesn't seem like it at the time. The daughter followed the little basket along the Nile River. So she knew that nothing had happened to baby. That's her baby brother. She won't let nothing, let nothing happen to that baby. See, this was God working all along the way. She followed that baby all the way down the Nile River, and she saw that next morning. See, she could have been hurt out there herself. Now a river got alligators in it. They could have came up out of that water, tore that basket up, then came up on shore and tore her up. But God had a plan. Remember I tell you every night that God has given his angels charge over us so that we won't even bear, hit our foot against a stone. He's been doing that since the beginning of time, y'all. His angels, his holy angels, have had charge over us way before. Hallelujah. You and I were even born. Amen. Remember what I told you? I said God had already had a plan for us before the foundation of the world. Because we existed before the foundation of the world. Not just me, Moses and Joseph too. 
Amen. Hallelujah. And if you would study your Bible, you'd see God's plan on down the line from Genesis all the way to Revelation. He gives you his whole scope of things. It's in the word, y'all. The word called the Bible is in there. Now, let me give you some cautious words. They're trying to change the Bible. So be careful what you get. Be careful what you read. I'm not even going to that, but if you want to know the whole story, go to my website at reachingthemasses.com and find some of the um, recommended videos by Stephen Ben Denun. And you'll see, find out a whole lot of stuff that's going on out there. But in the meantime, let us go back to the topic. That next morning, Pharaoh's daughter's daughter and her handmaidens were out there. She was getting ready to take a bath. There was no one around. The handmaidens were going to make sure of that, you know. They were going to make sure that they were safe, she was safe. After all, that was Pharaoh's only daughter. And here's this basket coming up along the shore. So she walked over. She heard a baby crying. And she walked over to see what it was, and her heart went out for the baby. I don't know what it was. Don't ask me. I'm quite sure she could have told that baby from an Egyptian baby. They looked different. But this baby was a Hebrew baby. But she decided to take this little Hebrew baby. Maybe she just didn't know. Because, you know, princesses are often raised up in the castle. And they don't know A from Bullfrog as to what's going on outside. Amen. So she fell in love with the baby. She took the baby. She saw the girl up in the bush. And she asked the girl... Could she find someone who would nurse her baby? A duh, who does that? I would have thought, well, well, you know, here's this baby. Uh, what am I going to do with the baby? My father's trying to kill. No, I guess she wanted a baby. So she asked this young girl to find someone who would nurse this baby for her. And, of course, this young girl went back and got her mother who was the child's biological mother in a way. And she did. She nursed the baby because Pharaoh's daughter had never had a child, so she couldn't nurse the child. The young girl went back and got her own mother, and that mother raised that baby, but she never let on that that was actually her biological child. And after she got through nursing the child, then she turned the child back over to Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter claimed that child as her own. She named him Moses because she got that child from the river. Hallelujah. That's what the name means. She got him from the river. And she raised him sumptuously. Moses was educated by all the, how can I put it? He had a Yale, a Princeton, all the most high. I know they didn't have those then, but he had the best education. He had the best clothing. Hallelujah. The best of everything. His chariot was the best out there. Amen. Hallelujah. She gave that child everything that was the best. He never had to worry about anything, the best food. Mm. This little Hebrew boy who would never have had that had the best of everything because this little girl or this grown woman, because she was not a little girl, talked her father into having her to keep this little baby, even though he was trying to kill all the Hebrew babies 
Don't ask me why he decided uh, this one was so special. Now, it may be that God hid who this child was. And that's the way I'm going to put it. God hid who he was. I'm quite sure Pharaoh didn't know him from an Egyptian baby. He didn't know who he was. Because if he had him, that baby would have been dead. But he allowed her to raise this child as his own or as her own. And he had the best of everything. He didn't know how it was to be out there in the fields working and and working in the sun and building pyramids and skin all rough and reddish and dry like the Hebrew were. He took baths in the finest oils and, you know, purified water and his hair was shampooed with the best shampoos. And he had, you know, the Egyptian people had markings on their face, you know, that they drew on. He had the best. You talk about makeup artist. He had the best makeup artist that there was. Hey, his stepmom had it. So, of course, she was not going to let her baby have any less. Amen? Hallelujah. And I can imagine him walking down the course of that palace, she and her stepson, everybody bowing down to Moses. Hail Moses. Hallelujah. Hmm. This little Hebrew boy, y'all. See, his ended up being the opposite for right now of what Joseph was. Joseph started out good, too, but then the wife of Pharaoh lied on him, and we know how he was cast over into the prison. Hallelujah. But Moses, this boy who was growing up 12, 13 years old, handsome fellow. Mm. I'm quite sure she had bleached his skin. Because the Hebrew people were darker than the Egyptian people. So they didn't question anything. Hallelujah. But at some point, he had to find out exactly who he was. And that's what happened. Now, we're going to skip down the line somewhere. Hallelujah. When Moses found out who he was... He eventually found out that he was a Hebrew. Not going down that long path. This is a Sunday morning, not a Bible study night. So we're going to kind of hop, skip, and jump here. But you're going to get the full story. And if you need any more, then there will probably be more on Stephanie's PDF. Are you doing a PDF? Yes. You can find out more on Stephanie's PDF. She's going to put all the scriptures so you can read it for yourself. But Moses eventually did find out he was a Hebrew. And when he did, of course, it it just kind of, how can I put it, caused him to feel some type of way. But he found himself loving his Hebrew brethren. Because somewhere in his heart, he knew he was different from those Egyptians. Amen. Somewhere in us, we know when we're out of place. Even though we look like them, we dress like them, we smell like them, we know that somehow we're out of place. And he found out the truth eventually. And it all happened almost in, in just no time. Because he found a Egyptian beating one of his Hebrew brothers. And something rose up in him, uh, anger that he didn't understand. And then he tried to beat the living daylight out of that Egyptian. It beat him a little bit too much. And ended up having to bury him in the sand. But see, there were two Hebrew men on the side, which were his brethren, his people, his nationality. They saw what he did. And they kept it 
to themselves. The next morning, Moses got up. I'm trying to make sure I've got this mic right. Got it right? Okay. Moses got up and he went out. And two of the Hebrew brethren were bickering among one another. That's that's reminiscent, y'all, excuse me. But they were bickering against one another. And he went to them and wanted to know, why are you fighting among one another? You're brethren. And they politely told him, oh, will you kill us like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Hmm. And Pharaoh had heard about what Moses did. And Moses shared about it, and Moses fled because he felt his life was in danger. Now, of course, they had laws about murder and everything. Don't know what would happen. Hallelujah. But I know one thing, Moses high-tailed it out there. But all of that was for the good. Amen. Good God Almighty. Just like Joseph being sold into slavery was for the good, Moses having to flee Egypt was for the good. He went then down into a land called Midian, way down in the desert. This is the same little Egyptian, well, Hebrew. Flash Egyptian boy, man. He was not used to this son. He rode in chariot with canopies over him. Or canopies, not canopies. Canopies over him. When he sit, when he was carried, he had plumes, feathers. On each side with one fanning him. His fingers, fingernails were beautiful. His hand, not a mark on them. They were smooth. His feet, not a mark on them. They were smooth. Now here comes this little Egyptian boy out in the desert having to run from those that had raised him. Mm. And he had to encounter all the harshness that his Hebrew brethren had encountered. He ended up in an area called Media. Through all the sun, hallelujah. Evidently he had water because I didn't say he passed out. Because there is water in some places in the desert. But the thing about it, he ended up out there under the, all that scorching sun until he found this place called Media. There was a well there. The women were there. Media was a place out in the middle of nowhere. Kind of like Danville, Virginia, y'all. Out in the middle of nowhere. There was a well there. And he saw these ladies trying to water their flocks. But then he saw shepherds trying to keep them from water. They were picking at the women, a bunch of cowards, picking at the women, trying to keep them from watering their flocks. So, of course, Moses, being taught in the art of fighting, because he was an Egyptian, I'm quite sure he knew taekwondo and Jiu-jitsu and some whatever the Egyptians knew. So Moses went out there, and he protected these women and made these men go on about the business. They did. Evidently, they must have known who he was or knew that he was different from them. So they hightailed it out there. And when the women saw 
that he was a different kind of man than those little low lives who came up to pick on them. They all, you know how women are, they got the giggling. Ooh, maybe he'll be my husband. I wonder if he's married. You know how, how, how the story goes. So they all went back home, and Moses got his water. And I don't know where he was on his way to, but the father asked him, said, why don't you invite him back here? So they did. They went up and they invited him back to what was called Midia, although he was already there. But like I said, that was a little oasis out in the middle of the desert where Jethro had claimed as his own. That's the way they did in those days. They called themselves nomads. Yeah, you could go out there in those days. You could pick a piece of land, make yourself king, because Jethro was king of Midia. And Jethro had seven daughters. Let's skip ahead. Moses married one of those seven daughters. Her name was Zephyrah. And by Zephyrah, he had two sons. One was named Gosham. And Gosham meant flight from Egypt. Then there's the second child that came. And that one he named Eliezer. And the meaning of that one's name was My God is help. Hallelujah. So his saying, his sons were named things or given names to go with what he was going through at the time. Amen. Now, Moses stayed out there with Jethro and with Zephyr, and he was raising his sons and You know, he became part of the family. Because, see, another thing, too, um, Jethro was also a Hebrew. So God didn't send him among someone else. He sent him among, among someone who was like him. And he learned to raise sheep. He learned that it was okay that your hands were rough and your nails were broken. He learned that it was okay that you didn't have the spices and the aloe and all of that to put in your hair so that your hair shined like new money. He learned it was okay that you didn't have all that makeup on your face. He learned that it was okay to just be a man. He stayed out there. God allowed him to stay out there for 40 years. He didn't have a hard life. Moses and Jethro had many cattle and sheep. They had a good life out there. But how many of us know that God won't let you alone? If he's got something for you to do, you might think that you're walking all good. But one day, God's going to yank your coattail. And that's what he did to Moses. There was a mountain out in the wilderness that Moses often looked at. He was amazed with that mountain. So in this one day, he was out with his cattle, his sheep, his goats, and all of that. And he heard a voice from the mountain call him. Mm. So he went up. See, don't forget, Moses already knew that he was the deliverer. Someone had told him that when he was in Egypt, and he tried to make it happen too soon. I know I skipped that portion. That's why I say the PDF will be here, and go and read it for yourself, because we have limited time. But he knew that he was the deliverer,
So he went up to that mountain and he began to talk to God. And when he got up there, he saw this bush that was not being consumed. Hallelujah. Can you imagine seeing a bush burning? It's on fire, but it's not being burnt up. Hmm. Let's skip ahead a little bit more. He listened to God and what God told him to do. He came down, he told his wife, and he told his father-in-law exactly what God had said to do. It wasn't a lot that they could say about it. Now, his wife did go with him. That caused a mess, too, because Moses almost died because Moses was so, mm, how can I put it, anxious to get to the job that he knew that God had called him to do in the first place. Hallelujah. That he forgot to circumcise his son. And see, if you didn't circumcise your son by the eighth day, you were going to die. That was a law. Okay, let's move ahead a little bit longer, a little bit further. Anyway, Zephra circumcised the boy herself, and she called her husband a bloody husband because he did not do what he was supposed to do. But thank God she saved her husband's life. God was really, he was strict on his law. And we said every man had to be circumcised, he meant it. Every male child. But Zephra saved his life. Hallelujah. But he was so mind-bent on getting into Egypt. Not because of Egypt and all of its delicacies, but because he remembered that someone told him that he was the deliverer. But he tried to do it too soon, and God made sure that he didn't start it before the time. Some things we start before the time, and it ends up in the trash can. Amen. But he had been out in the wilderness for 40 years. Hallelujah. Because God had to train him. He had to get all the Egyptians out of Moses. Hallelujah. This little Hebrew boy had more Egyptian in him than he had Hebrew. So God had to get all of that Egyptian out of him by allowing him to live, to go to and fro in the wilderness. Anyway, I was asking Stephanie what time, because I didn't want to go over the time. But he was being trained how to live in the wilderness. took 40 years for him to do it. He didn't understand why at the time. But when he got to Egypt, and God began to talk to him. See, in between Midian and Egypt, when he told God, that he couldn't speak when God told him that he wanted him to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let his people go, to let the Hebrews go. Those very Hebrews that Joseph let into Egypt. And after Joseph died, the Hebrews continued to multiply. And see, there came a king that did not know Joseph. And he saw the Hebrews multiplying, getting fat, growing. And he decided, uh-uh, uh, we're going to have to do something about this, y'all, because if we don't, they're going to overtake us, and we're going to be their slaves instead of them being our slaves. So they decided to enslave the Hebrews. See, this was already prophesied to Abraham way back when Abraham and Sarah had their son. God told them that their people were going to end up in slavery for 400 years. And when Joseph ended up being put into Egypt, 
That was what that was all about. Joseph had to save the Hebrew brethren because they were at the time in Canaan. And if they had to remain there, they would all die. But then they came into Egypt. And they begin to grow, get fat and lazy. Mm-hmm. And the Egyptians overtook them, made them slaves. Now God knew that there had to be a deliverer. God had already planned it, because all things work for His good. Amen. All things work together, y'all. All things. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. God knew that his people were going to end up in slavery for 400 years, and they had. And that's why Joseph had to go through what he went through. Amen. That's how their people got into slavery. But then you got Moses, and God sent Moses there to deliver his people from the hands of Pharaoh in Egypt. See, nothing comes in your life that God has not already made a plan for. It doesn't seem good or pleasant at the time, but God has already made a plan to deliver you out of it. It don't feel good right now. Amen? Hallelujah. You want to get out of there. You're squirming. You don't feel good there. I, why am I here? I don't need to be here. Lord, you said you were for me. Why am I here? But listen, calm down. Settle down. No, you can't drop kick me. It's working together for your good. Hallelujah. When he went up to Pharaoh, he had already asked God to send Aaron with him. But God had sent Aaron to meet him as he was coming back into Egypt. And when he sent Aaron to meet him, he did that because Moses told God that I can't speak. Moses stuttered. So he figured he couldn't talk to Pharaoh like he should because Pharaoh would pay him no attention. So he God did. God sent Aaron who was really his natural brother. And they both went to Pharaoh. And they performed all kinds of miracles. Now, you all know the whole story about the plagues of fire and the water turning to blood, the plagues of mice and lice and boils and, oh, my God, all kinds of stuff. Go into Exodus. You'll see it all. It reads like a novel, y'all. Hallelujah. All of this stuff had to be done to deliver those same people that Joseph had invited to Egypt to feed. And they got happy and fat and became slaves. Those same people had to be delivered from Egypt. And that's where Moses came in at. Pharaoh did not want to let them go. This was a whole other Pharaoh, y'all. He did not want to let them go. Moses kept saying, God says that my people go. And he wanted to know, who is your God? God told Moses to tell him, I am that I am. In other words, I am everything I need to be and everything that you don't want on your back. So, dude, you need to let my people go. That's me paraphrasing. It could have been that way. I don't know. But what we see, I'm saying is God told him, I am. I am eternal. I have no beginning and I have no end. I am. Hallelujah. Moses understood, but Pharaoh didn't understand. Pharaoh kept on and kept on and kept on, got to the point. Well, God hardened Pharaoh's um, heart. But Pharaoh kept playing games with God, so God hardened his heart. Pharaoh didn't even know why he was saying no anymore. 
God had hardened his heart. Now, we know the story, y'all. Trying to end this thing. Has it been an hour yet? Six more? Okay. Eventually, Pharaoh let him go. But let me tell you what happened. Because of all the work that they had did in Egypt for all those many years, God told them to go to the Egyptian and to borrow all their finery, to get all their gold and silver, and tell them that they were going out in the wilderness to worship their God, and they needed all that to worship their God. So they didn't mind. Pharaoh actually appointed them to do it. So they took all their gold and silver, all their riches, and went out. Yes, they did go out, and they praised God. They worshiped God. But God told them to keep on going. You know what? No, God was not stealing from them. What that was was what was owed to them from all those years that Pharaoh had lorded over them. Amen. Now, we know the final part of the whole story, how God um, um, opened up the river and they walked through on dry land. And when Pharaoh's men tried to follow them, they were drowned. The waters that stood up on each side, all of a sudden, they went down on Pharaoh's army. Pharaoh lost his whole army. So not only did he lose all of his gold, silver, he lost his whole army. Plus, all of the the next morning, when they got up, all of their weapons had washed up on the shore. Because they they were going through something where they had to fight. They had no armor. They had no swords and arrows. But it all washed up on the shore just for God's people to use. But Pharaoh's army was gone. They drowned in the Red Sea. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Don't worry about where you are right now. God's got it all planned out. And for all those that are against you, those that you see today, you will see no more forever. That's what God told his Hebrew people. Those that you see coming behind you today all angry, you will see no more forever. And guess what? They didn't. Go into Exodus and follow Stephanie's PDF. Read that story for you. It's beautiful. Next Sunday, we're going to come with the story of David because he's another one that all of you who don't know need to know about. But for right now, We're going to go before the throne of grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we're going to thank God for his plan, because his plans are wonderful. There's a scripture that says, as for God, his ways are perfect. They don't seem perfect at the time when we're going through them, but as for God, his ways are perfect. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for every ear that's listening today. Thank you for every heart that takes this word, hallelujah, and put it to themselves, apply it to themselves, and let them know that they are not out there alone, that you have not left them, that you said you would be with them and you will be with them. Father, we thank you and we glorify your name. We ask you to bless everybody today and remind them that you are theirs and you have them in the palm of your hand. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Saints, I thank you for coming out and hearing today. I had to kind of skip through because we didn't have but an hour. But I love you all and I say to you, God loves you. So do I. Have a great day. Bye-bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.